This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. It is prediction time. The 10-4 and 4 Bengals face the Patriots who are 7-7 seven and seven and they're fighting for their playoff life. Bill Belichick in December. What is going to happen? Oh, man. Um, see, I've found, man, I've found this one to be tough. I think the Bengals win. I just, spoiler. Uh, but, man, this Patriots defense is good. Mm-hmm. Like, they are second in DVOA. I think they're first in EPA per play. And then we just think about it. It's Bill Belichick coaching a talented unit. I think there are some flaws with it, but they do some stuff that the Bengals haven't shown the ability to consistently beat. Um, the late rotations with their safeties, the creepers, the the main one that has me concerned is they do a really, really good job with their um, rush paths, their pass rush paths on all these different, you know, uh, creepers and stuff. So, so you, what they usually do is the nose tackle will cross the face of the center and the linebacker comes off of him, just wrapping right around like a little twist. And, they do a really good job. They got the Raiders with that like five times in the in one game. Just a free runner right up the A-gap. That can't happen. Uh, so I think it's going to be a little bit annoying. I think this is one of those games that it's, it's set up to not be a high-scoring game. The one there's, – there's a few areas that I think the Bengals can attack this Patriots defense. One is they do a bit of that Dolphins – thing where they kind of just move that safety well over the best receiver at least it is in the Raiders game it's the only one I watched on the defense but they had that safety so far over to Devontae Adams that the Raiders had plenty of shots down the field with um whoever else Mac Hollins or um I don't know all the Keelan Cole I think caught a touchdown like those were opportunities because the Raiders uh, because the Patriots were just so focused on stopping Devontae Adams um so if they do that to Jamar Chase I would take T. Higgins at any of those corners because I don't think the corners, they're nothing to sneeze at, but they're not world beaters either. Like, they're fine. They lost their best corner, J.C. Jackson, in the offseason. They've got, you know, okay, guys. It's There's a rookie. There's, you know, it's just a bunch of guys that are like, yeah, he's fine. Um, they got good safety play. I don't know. I think – I think there's opportunities there for the Bengals to attack deep down the field if they can hold up in pass protection. Big week for that interior of the offensive line and the running backs. And also, I think Matt Judon is one of the, if not the leader of sacks. So, and he's good too. And Josh Uchi's good. Like, there's so many dudes. Um, but they do a good job scheming up pressure. They've got good, talented guys to get pressure. And, but 
I think their corners can be taken advantage of a little bit. And also some of those rotations, they gave up a walk-in touchdown to Durham Waller just because they tried this really funky rotation and it left nobody in the middle of the field. Durham Waller just caught it. Easy comeback touchdown. Um, I'm going to say 20 to 13. I don't think the Patriots are going to score much in this game. Knock on wood. I think the Bengals run defense has been really good in games like this. You think the Titans game, you think the Browns game. They shut down running backs like that. I don't think Ramondre Stevens is, is as good as Derek Henry or Nick Chubb. That's not a hot take. I don't think that their run game is as good as those teams, but we'll see. That that one, I don't know. Um, but I don't think Mac Jones is going to have – if you're going to force Mac Jones and Matt Patricia to pass the ball down the field, I think you'll have an okay day. So if they could stop the run, which they've done – then I think they're in a good spot defensively. It's offensively. They can't put themselves in a bad position, turn the ball over, give up a short field, anything like that. So 20 to 13 Bengals. I hope I hit all of Parker's questions there. I don't think this is going to be a run-heavy game, although it could turn into a slugfest. I think the Bengals will be aggressive and try to get out early. I say this every week. It's all it's all about getting out early. Um, when this Bengals team scores first, I just feel like they're in control of the game. This defense is legit. It really is. And they don't get enough credit because the Patriots offense isn't putting up enough of a performance. I think you have Mac Jones out there. I think there's a chance we see Zappy um, in the second uh, half. Really? It, they're fighting for their playoff lives right now. Uh, they're going to get everything. Yeah, sure. So I, uh... they're not afraid to put him out there in the second half. I don't think it's really a boost, though. It's my only issue. Okay, well, then that's great. But I just <laughs> – and I and I trust – I do trust Lou. Um, it might be more of a defensive performance on both sides of the ball. I I don't think it's going to be beautiful football. Um, it's December. It's a short week. They did get some guys back, which is great news when you think of Mike Hilton. Uh, Cam Taylor-Britt should be good to go. Trey Hendrickson is going to play with a broken wrist. He's not wearing a club. This is insane in itself for Trey Hendrickson to go out there. He said he talked to plenty of doctors. They said his wrist can't get any worse, and it's all about pain tolerance. So this guy is insane in a good way. Um, I hope he's okay, and it doesn't factor into anything when he's out there. But I don't think he would put himself in that situation if he didn't feel like he could um, could start with this defense. So that's absolutely insane. It's something to watch on Saturday. Yeah. Trey Hendrickson is probably going to single-handedly rise the stock of smelling salts this weekend. Or have something. He's gonna have something. Uh, something <laughs> or painkillers like, or something. Something they give him to to get him through that. I thought about today. I'm like, man, if I stub my toe, I'm out for like a minute. Um, there's no way I'm out there playing with a broken wrist. And everyone's like, why is he playing with the club? And the doctor's like, no, it's not gonna help anything. And I think a lot of players, it's better he doesn't play with. As cool as the club sounds, it's better he doesn't play with the club. If he can grab and use his hand, that's so much better for a defensive lineman than just having that club. I know you think. Love the idea of taking that big old club and hitting somebody across it's the head not. with it. But I don't think that it, when you're thinking of like actual defensive line play and wanting to get your hands into the, you know, armpit areas, you know, both hands there, try to control blocks or you're trying to get one hand into the sternum. It's so much better to have your hand and also to just grab and be able to shed that way. Defensive linemen, I mean, you're allowed to grab and do whatever the heck you want. So if he can grab, that's much better than if he had a club that he couldn't do anything with. Uh, it, honestly, if he had the club, I'd probably be a proponent of like, maybe don't play. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's talked to plenty of doctors and no one's getting Zach Taylor. We, we've talked about it plenty of times. He's not going to put a player out there if they don't feel like they can go. 
um, or if it's a smart decision. I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, keep them for the Bills game, keep them for the Ravens game. Every game is important right now. This team is can can be a one or two seed. Um, all of that is huge when it comes to maybe getting that first weekend off in the playoffs. Uh, they they want to win every game. And just because this is the Patriots and they're on a win streak and maybe they can drop one and they can afford to, but nobody wants them to. So this is extremely important. And, and Trey and Joseph, as I heard Joseph, as I say it after the Tampa game, just kind of it's always next man up and they don't want to let anyone down, but they just work together. They see each other more than their own family, that it's just really important to go up, go out there and show up for them. And um, just huge on Trey's part. I'm not surprised he's out there. He's voted in the Pro Bowl, too. So congrats to Trey. But I love this defense. Um, Lou's just he's absolutely fun to watch what he can do in the second half of a game, even if this team is down. I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be pretty low scoring, but I do have 24 to 17. Uh, I don't know why I'm giving them 17 points. I think they'll figure a way to put a few uh, scores on the board, but it's not going to be beautiful. I just I truly trust that Cincinnati can keep the seven seven game one streak alive and then then it gets difficult when you think about Monday night football. Yeah. Uh, both in agreement. Um, as long as I pick the Bengals to win, we'll be in agreement. <laughs> maybe you shouldn't pick the Bengals. Maybe you should maybe you should go, you know, because I mean it's been better working. shot of that next week. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, you go with it. You know who I'm picking every week. I'm rolling with my what my 10 and 4 record is right now on all Bengals. Um, I pick them every week, and maybe at times I shouldn't. The four losses, Steelers game, I was wrong. Cowboys game, I was wrong. A couple division games, was wrong. Shouldn't have rolled with them. Uh, but they can beat anybody. That's the thing. Um, you know, years ago, I, I probably couldn't say Cincinnati every week. They have a chance. They're going to win. This team is one of the best in the AFC and I truly believe that getting some of these guys back at a, at a key time, you look at the injury report last week, I started to get a little lengthy and a little concerning. You see Cam Taylor Britt leave the game. And, and obviously the shoulder thing, I still think it's something that we should keep an eye on. Um, you know, I remember, as I mentioned on the podcast earlier this week, during the KC game, he did go in the locker room a little early. He was favoring his shoulder. He did leave that game a little early. Again, it left Tampa. Um, I think it's just something to watch, but again, nobody's hundred percent at this point in the season. And, uh, we're going to see a lot of guys just kind of battle it out over these next few weeks before it gets real, real, uh, in, in the postseason. I feel very confident that Cincinnati's going to make it. And I'm saying that as the Jags are still up, um, that that would uh, clinch them their way into the game. Let me ask you this because I was talking about it earlier. Would you want the Jags to win and Cincinnati just go ahead and get in? Or would you want it to be Saturday and be like a whole thing? Oh, man. Uh, to be honest, personally. You don't care? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I'd prefer Christmas Eve. They just win and get in themselves because it would be extra sweet on Christmas Eve that they both win and they secure their playoff spot. The thing is, they have a greater than 99% chance. So, like, even if they didn't get in this week, they – 
there's a really good shot they get in next week or the week after. Like, I, I'm not that worried about the Bengals not getting in the playoffs is also my thing. So, honestly, I, I'm just rooting for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> oh, I mean, the good news is not good news. They kicked another field goal in this game. So, it's 13-3 to for the Jags. So, no Trevor Lawrence touchdown on the last score. But I think, honestly, I, I agree. Cincinnati's going to get in. There are Browns fans and Steelers fans who are going over the playoff meter percentage. I think there's like a 0.4% chance that they can get in. And they're like, well, here's the scenarios. And here, here's how it's going to happen. If this these three teams lose, and then these three teams lose the next week, and then if they went out, it's absolutely insane. Cincinnati's not in that position. They're 10-4. and four. It still hurts, and we talked about it after week one, that that week one game could come back and sting a little bit. I think right now it stings because they would be in a three-way tie for the number one seed. They would be the number uh, – They would be – they they would control it. It would be either them or the Bills. Yeah, but they would at least control their own destiny. Yeah, I mean, because if you beat the Bills, then you already beat Kansas City. Um, yeah, that's... then that's why if Kansas City drops a game and they beat the Bills, they'll be the number one seed. But as it stands, I don't, I, I have no idea if they or the Bills would be the number one seed. But they would control their destiny to get the one seed if they just won that game. But they didn't. Whatever. I really hope the Browns just lose this week and it just kills their playoff. I'm just ready to get them out of here. Get them out of here. They can start focusing on the second and third round of the um, NFL draft for a couple years, and then uh, then they can worry about what their first rounders look like. I, I need them done. Um, Steelers. I mean, they're still playing pretty hard. I need the Steelers to win another game this year. I the whole guess, Franco Harris thing's kind of sad, so I kind of hope they. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't typically root for a Steelers win, but it would be. I don't know who they play. Play is anybody important? They uh, they play the Ravens in a couple weeks, so I want them they to play do- Vegas. I have no feelings about that game. I don't care about Vegas either. <laughs> so whatever. If they win, that'd be cool though. Because I don't know. Franco Harris, Italian legend. You know that's 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 where I reside yeah. with it. It's it's just sad though because they're doing his fiftieth uh, anniversary of the Immaculate Reception and the. Um, Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Nick, producer. So I'm rooting uh, a little bit towards the Steelers just because I want the story. Uh, and he was just, he was excited to. I live in the Pittsburgh market, so when they're doing the news and stuff, they're talking about how excited he was to get his number retired at halftime and stuff. So it's kind of sad he passed away before he could do that. But at least you know he knew it was happening. I think that's also nice because the thing that sucks with Ken Riley is like oh, yeah. he never knew. You never knew that he was in the ring of honor and all this other stuff and possibly makes the hall of fame. So it is cool. Franco knew it sucks. He didn't get to be there to celebrate it. So with all that said, there is a mild, there's a, I don't care that much, but there's a slight part of me that is just like, would be cool for the story. And I guess it moves him down the draft. That's what we really care about. Right? Yeah. I, I, I'm totally fine with that. And the thing is um, I think he always, it's always telling uh, when someone, and obviously this felt still very sudden. Um, it's always it's always telling uh, around you know just the social media NFL world when someone passes away when only good things are said about this person. Yeah. And everyone, I mean, it didn't matter what fan base, um, even outside of Pittsburgh nationally, uh, everyone had something to say about him, and obviously just seemed like a really good, good human being. And that's really unfortunate with it being um, the weekend that was coming and then obviously losing somebody too soon. Um, but I agree with the, the Ken, Re- Ken Riley tie-in. It's, it's always unfortunate. Um, 
that he won't get to see himself in the Hall of Fame. And, and hopefully that finally happens in a few short months that that's that's uh, Ken Riley finally. Sounds getting. likely, right? Because mm -hmm. it was a senior committee pick and they pretty much never don't vote those guys through. They, so Bengals fans rejoice. You get your second. Me too. We, we get a second Hall of Famer. Uh, every time you go there, you just get to see Anthony Munoz and move on. Maybe they've got a Chad Johnson exhibit going on, even though he'll never be inducted. Uh, and if you click on the things, Terrell Owens and um, I think somebody else pop up because they played one year in Cincinnati. But it's, it's super so cool. You actually get a life a lifelong Bengal in Ken Riley that's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, man, are we are we all packing the uh, the induction ceremony? You know, are we all going to Canton? I probably won't, uh, but I will. <laughs> oh, I, you'll travel to Tennessee for the play for these I'll, games, but you won't I'll go, go to Arizona for a Super Bowl. No, I, I really, I'll be cheering back home. That would be super awesome. Ken Riley's family, um, they definitely deserve it, and I think it would be really awesome to finally see that happen. It's, it's obviously, um, it's, it's overdue, and it should have happened a long time ago. But uh, well, I know I, go, I better be able to yell who day with some people. Oh, there's going to be plenty of people going for sure. That'll happen. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully it does happen. Hopefully we get good news in a couple months. And that's that finally, like I said, it should have happened a long time ago and it, and it does. Uh, but all Bengals, what are you going to have up there? After the game, I'll have some takeaways. Uh, you should know this every week. You're going to have takeaways. I tried to do previews and it is just with a day job, three articles a week is hard because I try to actually put a lot into my articles and not just. You know, Patriots like to play a three, four, and then that's like the entire article. It's like I want to really get into it and players and all that stuff. So I don't want to put up a substandard article. Ooh, looks like Trevor Lawrence did something else. I need to get off so I can go watch him. We got yeah, we got to end this podcast because we got Thursday night football that we're actually watching tonight. Um, it does factor into the Cincinnati Bengals. Make sure you follow along, Bengals underscore Sands at LNDS Patterson. Thank you for listening to it's always game day in Cincinnati.